Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. I've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight down the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au, or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO Radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. Or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family, and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Pat, and Pat's had some very interesting UFO activity on his family's farm. Pat, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It is great to have you on, mate, because your encounters, actually, this is something we've never, ever, ever had on the show before, and I won't take the uh, the, the surprise out of it, but are you able to give us a, a rundown of the events that have happened on your farm there? Yeah, I can. Um, I've got about three events. Um, the first one was back in 2005, May of 2005. I um, was living on my parents' farm at the time, and... Um, my dad had been saying to me for the day, he said, look, you've got to go down the paddock and turn the windmill off. And of course, it came to nine o'clock at night and uh, I just remembered that I had not turned it back. <laughs> so I decided to get on the um, four-wheeler bike, um, but I don't really like the dark, especially in May because the night's just really drawing around the southwest. So I grabbed my dog, Turbo, and um, headed on down the paddock now, the paddock's about three kilometres down um, from the house. It's in sort of a bit of a gully. So you go up and above a hill and then you just drop into a bit of a gully. And I got to the windmill and turned it back. There was no problems. And then Turbo, my dog, started acting very funny. And what I mean with funny was he just started giving off little wolves, barking, a little growl, and then he just he just would not calm down. And the only time he does do anything like that is when 
We might have someone coming to the farm or there's maybe a fox or a rabbit he can see or smell, and but he just would not settle down. And I went to get back um, up on the bike and he actually jumped off and started running towards a paddock about uh, probably 800 metres away. And this... And I couldn't call him back. He just would not listen to me, and he just kept barking. So I put, turned on the bike and started following him, yelling at him to, to um, just come on, come to me, because um, I really did not want to go into the paddock because it was just pitch black, and um, he just would not listen to me. And my initial thought was he's either smelled a fox, saw a rabbit, or just gone haywire, but I just couldn't work it out. And the paddock he was going into, there's a swamp that runs through it. It's a pretty big paddock. There were no stock in it at the time, so no sheep, no cattle, no nothing. And it had actually, this paddock had been locked up for probably about maybe a month. So there was a bit of grass in it and everything. And so I tracked him to the paddock. I could keep, I could keep an eye on him with the headlights. I was just trying my hardest to call him back. And I opened the gate into the paddock. And he was just about down to where the swamp is, which the swamp's sort of in the middle of the paddock and it's got long reeds going through it. And he then just stopped suddenly in his tracks, stopped barking, stopped doing everything and ran back towards me, jumped on the bike as if told to do so by something. And he just started whining, just letting off a whining noise. And he looked, he was, yeah, he just, he had his ears back and he had a worried he just looked worried and I just couldn't work out what was going on and I thought, well, maybe he just smelled a fox and he's coming back. He might think he's in big trouble because I've just been screaming at him to come back and that is when, and I, I'm going to try and explain this as best as I can, a feeling came over me and this feeling was a feeling of, if you've ever been in a public place or somewhere that there's just a heap of people and you see, feel or sense someone staring at you or you'll see someone staring at you and you just feel uncomfortable. It was like that, but 10 times worse. It just, it was a feeling, of, it was like all my senses were telling me to just leave, go, bugger off, just go. And so I was patting Turbo and just trying to work out what this feeling was when I just turned on the bike key and I just zoomed back i even left the gate open into the paddock which is as a farmer that's a that's a thing you do not do leave gates open but i was just so terrified and i got up to about about just over halfway away from the paddock and um, the feeling started to slowly go away it was like as it just didn't leave me straight away it just stayed with me for a while and then it just sort of left me and when i reached the back to the house it was completely gone oh that's creepy. and so i it was it was i put turbo back in his kennel um i went inside it was i think it was i'd, I'd went down at about nine o'clock and now it was about about probably nine thirty. and i didn't tell my mum or dad because i just thought oh look it's probably just because i've never really ever liked the dark i thought it must be I, I was just a million things were going through my brain and i thought it's just got to be I, I must be crazy so I went back into the house, went to bed, didn't really sleep because I couldn't get this feeling out of my out of my head. 
So I thought the next so the next morning I got up real early and I decided I'm gonna head back down to the paddock because I've got to close the gate and I don't want to get in trouble for that. And um, I noticed when I was coming down the paddock, actually um, back to the paddock where it happened, the sheep that are next door, they were nowhere near that gate. And as a given rule, when you leave a gate open, animals always find their way into another paddock. But they were nowhere near it, which kind of was a bit strange, I thought. And I got to the, I retraced my old tire marks and you know, I couldn't find anything weird. There was nothing strange. And we've got a bridge that goes onto the other side of the um, swamp for when it gets real wet. So I went over that to the other side and I kept driving around and all of a sudden I just stopped the bike and just, just, just couldn't believe what I was seeing. On the edge of the um, swamp, um, on the edge of it, there was a perfectly round crop circle. It was just, it was about, I, don't know, I can't give a precise estimate, but it was about 30 foot big. It was just this yellow tinge, but it was a perfect circle. This thing was perfect. I actually have to be honest, I spewed because it was just, I realized, I, I put all the pieces together in my brain for about a split second and I realized, oh God. <laughs> What the hell is going on? And I know that nobody could have been playing a joke on me or prank on me. This is down the back of nowhere. Like there's not a house for kilometers and kilometers. And here was a perfectly round crop circle. And I just freaked. I just, I like I said, I spewed. I started hyperventilating. I just did not know what to think. So... <laughs> that That's really, really spooky there, Pat. I got, I got chills just listening to how you reacted to that it like i said i think it was just if if i would have found it and not had that experience the night before i think it would have just been a bit of a oh what the hell's going on here but the fact that i experienced that something had been watching me and um and i know something was watching me you know the, I, I, I i to this day there is never i've never had that feeling to this day and even if you paid me thousands and thousands of dollars to experience that feeling again, I'd tell you to get stuffed because it was the most terrifying experience I've ever felt. <laughs> it's just... That's uh, so, uh, so spooky. That is incredible there, Pat. How far away were you from where this, where you found the crop circle the next day? How far away were you the night before from that? Probably, I'd say about 300 metres because... In the paddock, you, the, in the centre of the paddock, the, the uh, swamp runs and then it veers to the right and sort of goes into the neighbouring property and it was on the other side on the edge. And a funny thing actually that I've only that I've re been reminiscing about it was the fact that my bike lights did not shine in the area that that crop circle was. I was actually just in the dead centre of the paddock. Oh, so, wow. I, 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 I just, I, I don't know what the hell was down there that night, but whatever it was did not want me or my dog anywhere near the area. So for all you know, um, there could have been an actual UFO there, but your lights just didn't shine in that area by luck. 
Yeah, yeah. They could. They, uh, that's that's all I can think of. And something was staring at me. Or my all I can think of is my dog sensed something because he was a fair. He's a you know he's a he was a kelpie and he was very he had a very good um, eye and a very good sense of smell and everything. And he sensed something and he got down to the center of the swamp and just then just turned around. So I don't, he probably experienced the same feeling that I felt. And then I experienced it. It was, it, and it was a pitch black night. It was one of those, just those, one of those May nights that it's just pitch black overcast. It was just as dark as dark could be. And it was, (laughs) I remember it as clear as yesterday. It was, it's still embedded in my brain. And that's something that I think that will stay with you forever because that's really one of those questions of, was there something there? What was there? Yeah, well, I've, I, I don't really tell many people the story. Um, I've told a few people. We actually, one of my mates, we've, I, don't, I never actually go down, I don't live on the farm anymore, but um, I still work on it. But I actually... When there was one night um, a few years later when me and my mates were going out spotlighting and I actually told them the story and they actually were that terrified. They actually just, um, because we were actually down in that area and they said, turn the ute around. We don't want to be down oh, in wow. this area. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, uh, that, that adds a lot of credence to the story because I know that uh, when you're out that way and you, you've, you've got your boys around you, there's, there's not much that you, you can't really – not look brave, but for all of everyone, for everyone to turn around, that that definitely shows something is spooky down that way of the farm. Yeah, it's just like I said, it's in a gully, and there's no houses for miles. Like there's just nothing for miles. It's in the just the middle of sort of nowhere, and it's um you can't see the paddock from the road. It's completely isolated. It's like it, yeah, it's completely. It's just one of those paddocks. It's very well hidden. And, um, yeah, it just, and, yeah. And like you creepy. said, because of that, that reason, there would be no, no possible reason for anyone to go down there and create a prank crop circle or, or something like that. Well, exactly. And the, another thing that I noticed was because this paddock had been locked up for about a month, there were no other tire marks except, except my own. There was nothing down there that could have caused it. There was nothing leading away. There was just something Something was there that night and um, I will never, ever know what it was, but whatever the hell it was, I actually don't even want to know what it was because to this day, it still freaks me out. Yeah, I don't it's, blame um, you. I'm, I'm constantly getting chills from you telling this story because I could just imagine being in a situation like that and just the, that complete unknown of, I just didn't shine my light in that direction. So... Who knows what was over there? Uh, yeah, and, and I, like I said, I just remember it, it's just embedded in my brain, every part of it. Because when I found that circle, when I found that crop circle, it just, it, 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 it just, it just stuck with me. And I didn't tell my parents. And stupid me, back in two thousand and five, didn't <laughs> didn't have a um, camera or didn't take any photos or didn't didn't um, didn't record anything. And, um, but, um, it, like I said, it's embedded into my brain now. And, um, I really wish I would have taken water camera and taken photos, but I think it was just more that no one's going to believe me. 
this is just this is just too far out there. It's just I've I've never you know this this stuff just doesn't happen <laughs> down the back paddock of a farmer's place. It just this does stuff doesn't happen. And you know what? To be honest, it's one of those things where if you are in a small town and you start talking about things like that, word can spread very very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And the first thing you're labelled as is yeah, you've just said oh well you're crazy or look you're probably just exaggerating it a bit, but no, it 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 this happened and uh to this day it just it it still scares me. Yeah, I don't so. blame you at all. And what's what's even scary about this, Pat, is this is really the the first link in a chain of events really for you, isn't it? It is. Um this one happened in two thousand and five and the next one didn't freak me out as much because I think it happened during the day um, and there wasn't an experience with it, but it was more finding this gruesome discovery, which I'll go into, and I don't want to make any of you viewers feel sick, but um, I'll go into some pretty gory details. Um, and it was in 2007, I remember. It was around November or December. Um, this was actually on the other side of the farm. This was actually not around the swamp. Um, the swamp's actually on the uh, right side of the farm, and this happened way over on the left side of the farm. So I was I was checking sheep, and I'd went around them the night before, and um, we've got this paddock with a, um, you know, it's got a little bit of a gully and a bit of a hill and a dam near it. And I'd went there down there the night before just to check the sheep to make sure they were okay. And the next day I decided I'll go up and check them again because sometimes, you know, um, they can either um, get cast, which is lie on their backs and end up uh, getting eaten by crows or foxes. So I went down this morning and I noticed that there was this sheep just completely on its own. And so I thought, well, that usually means that something's very wrong. (laughs) So I decided to um, drive up to it. And it was dead. And I noticed, though, the back of its leg was, there was just a bone there. And I just stopped the bike and just looked at it and realized that the leg was, the the whole leg was pretty much removed, but the bone was still there. And the first thing also I noticed was there was no blood. And oh, that wow. became very, very weird for me that that was there was no blood. This sheep was just lying on its side, and its back and it, it was its back leg was just completely removed. And the way it was removed was it just looked like it was precision cut. It just looked like someone had got a laser cutter and just cut the leg off slid it off the bone and the bone was totally white and uh, just taken that part of the leg and just left it there. There were no kick marks from the sheep because the first thing that if you've ever seen a um, dead animal being mauled by a fox or a crow or an eagle, you'll see kick marks. They'll put up a hell of a fight to try and fight fight a predator off. There was none of that. The dirt around this sheep was just untouched. And um, so that really intrigued my curiosity. And 
this sheep, its eyes, its its face, everything was still intact. Only the leg was touched. And that gave off a few warning signs for me because crows will usually go for the eyes. Foxes will go for around the ears and the mouth or the backside. Eagles will just rip apart the animal no matter what. But this was just different. The eyes, everything was intact. Just the back leg was removed. No blood, no signs of a struggle. It is like it had just been... The leg had just been taken off and had just been plopped down. Um, <laughs> and I think it didn't really hit me until uh, uh, maybe a couple of hours later when I, I carted the animal away. But then I just started thinking about it. And I actually just went back to it a couple of times just to look at the area and there was just nothing around it. There were no signs, like I said, of a struggle or anything. It was like as if something had just picked it up, done it, left it there where it was. There was no signs of a struggle, no signs of anything. And um, that's when I actually decided I'm going to – I told my dad and um, he kind of just looked at me and went, well, you know, who knows, it might have this or that. But actually a couple of days later my dad actually said to me he had a similar experience back on an old farm that he was on with a, um, with a cow he found a cow with its jaw removed and there was no signs of blood. So he was kind of on the sort of the same boat. And, um, of course, he always recalls watching an old A Current Affair program and other farmers had had this same thing happen to them. And they remember seeing lights in the sky, strange things happening <laughs> and um, animals with body parts missing. So all I can say is I really do think something took it, took part of that leg, put it back down because I've never to this day seen anything like that in my life. It was, it, it, looking back on it now, it was damn right spooky. So uh, I think, um, I hope I've gone into enough detail there. I don't Absolutely, really- <laughs> mate. You really have. And I, I've, I've got questions locked and loaded for you because I'm, I don't grow I've never grown up on a farm I've barely visited a farm I'm 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 very much a, a coastal life type of guy and now a quick word from our sponsor in an isolated part of the Blue Mountains a group of researchers recorded this sound it's nearly 12 foot tall still sends shivers down my spine to this day some of the early reports described these Australian Bigfoot as having a pouch. We might have different kinds of hominids, different species, some might be very big. Track, search for Australia's Bigfoot, now available to pre-order on iTunes. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. When it comes to, you know, dead animals and, and stuff like that on a, on anything, you see other animals go and they, they kind of pick it to pieces. You know, that's just how nature works. 
Yeah. But from yep. what, what you're saying there, it sounds like almost nothing else touched this dead animal. It, nothing had. And the thing was, I went down there the night before and there was no crook sheep. There was nothing. Um, there was just nothing down there the night before. And, I mean, I come back the morning after and here's this sheep on its side with its leg removed. It just it just doesn't add up in my opinion. Usually if an animal is going to die, you'll see them the night before or a couple of days before. They'll just be on their own. They'll just look very sick or crook. They won't be in- be interacting with the mob of sheep or anything and you just, you just know that they're going to die. There was none of that that night. There was none of that. There was, and it, 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 um, and I actually went around and I, I looked around the rest of the, um, paddock to make sure no other sheep were, had anything wrong with them or anything like that. And they were all fine. But it was just this one sheep that, with its leg removed, that just creeped me out. And I'm, I'm no expert on, on this type of stuff, but I'm sure there would even be signs of decay or, or something like that from even insects and bugs, stuff like that. The, within hours of a of an animal passing, there was I, I didn't see any. There were no um, like I said, nothing had come to pick the corpse apart. There'd been nothing, and the leg just the just where it was cut was just perfect. And I'm talking just perfect. It was just so precise. It was like a surgeon had just gone around. Like I said, the best I can describe it is is a laser cutter cutting something, and um, like that, and it was just it was just a perfect cut. Um, and like I said, usually with and with predators, a fox or something, you'll just see bite marks. You'll see pieces of um, the animal all over the place. But here, this time, it was there was just nothing, nothing. There was just no kick marks, no nothing. Um, and so, I'm sure when when natural predators go for, you know, an animal like this, it it would be quite rare that they would absolutely strip it perfectly down to the bone. Exactly. Exactly. And that's and but the, the thing was just the back it was only the back leg. There was no other part of the sheep that were ha, was missing any parts. Because I mean, I, I went I, I towed it away. I had a really good look at it. And um, because I wanted to really know what the hell had killed it, and um, but there was just there was there was nothing there. There was just no signs of a struggle. There was no signs of a predator. There were no signs of anything. And the thing that really just creeped me out was there was just no blood. There was just there. Usually you will find blood. There'll be just blood everywhere. There'll be just a bloody mess. But there was just no blood. Yeah, that's a red flag, just, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, I think that was the point that I just thought, okay, something's, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and when I told my dad and he actually said he had a similar experience and that there was no blood, it kind of just sold it for me. So, yeah. Did you make any connection between this and the the previous encounter that you had with the crop circle? Was was something starting to paint paint a picture for you? Well, not really, because this was on the other side of the farm. I kind of just thought, well, maybe. So for a fair while, I was just second guessing myself until I actually started to um, 
until I told my dad. And then I actually decided to do a little bit of research. And I found other farmers, not in the area, but sort of all over um, Australia, had sort of encountered some some of these incidents, like the um, animal mutilations. And I kind of just started putting it together. But I, I, I didn't really want to um, acknowledge it because I just thought, look, there's got to be a rational explanation. But looking back on it now, I actually just think, okay, something was going on. There was something going on. And um, <laughs> like I said, a few years had passed. And um, I think I was just trying to just block everything out. But looking back on it now... Um, it just gives me the the creeps. I really and like I say, said, I still work on the farm to this day. I've never found anything like that. So ever. that was a one time occurrence, was it the the animal mutilation? Yeah, that was a one time occurrence. And has anyone day, else on the farm had anything like that? No, my my dad um um he's he's never really ever seen anything or heard anything. Um, but, um, yeah, there's, but I think the only other incident was my last incident, which was, I'm not hundred percent on the date that was actually witnessed by me and my mum. Um, and this was, I recall it, I reckon it was in June because it was getting dark at about 5.30 at night. I don't know the date though. I, I know it was after these events though. So me and my mum were standing, I think, near our site, near one of the silos, talking about something that had happened during the day. And uh, my dad wasn't there. He was, I forget where he was. But I remember just, we were standing there and there's a rise, there's a hill that goes up to our property and then there's the gully with the swamp and then there's another rise. And we were just looking, looking out into the paddock when we noticed this very faint but kind of getting brighter light in the distance and it was just up in the air and then it was just doing erratic moves it was like someone the best i can describe it is someone had a laser pointer and was just making it go all over the place that's the best way i can describe it it was zigzagging it was going up down sideways any way you can think of it was going and my mum, who's a extremely, she doesn't believe in anything. She doesn't believe in anything. She believes there's always an, a rational explanation for everything. There's just, there's, there's, there's always an explanation. She was even looking at this thing and just thinking, what the hell is this? Because she, we first initially thought, okay, it's just someone maybe, you know, maybe in a chopper or something, or maybe just on in a, like we, in a plane, but then when it started doing these moves, we just thought, yep, nothing, nothing can do this. And it was just, it was buzzing around and um, eventually it did disappear. And um, me and my mum just looked at each other and thought, okay, this is, this, this, this really is weird. And um, I remember we went inside and um, my dad eventually came back from wherever he was and um I said to dad, look, we saw something up the paddock. And he said, oh, well, what, what did you see? And we said, well, we saw a light. And, and I said, well, did anyone see it? And I said, yeah, mum saw it with me. And he looked at mum as if to say, okay, what's the, you know, what was it? I'm guessing it was just a plane or a helicopter. And she just gave him a look like, I don't know. 
and that's when it actually he started to sort of get a bit creeped out too like he thought well what was it and i said we don't know oh wow it was just a light in the sky going around in making erratic moves in the sky and it was just downright weird it that was actually probably one of the least scary ones for me because it um was witnessed i had my mum there um but still it was was it was just one of those things where you just think well what the hell was it and that's when i you know after all these experiences i i put two and two together and i said i reckon it's a ufo and of course my dad and mum just looked at me and thought well there's no such thing and i said well look something something was doing that and it was not i i, I believe it wasn't anything human made <laughs> there was something up in the sky doing that and as far as i'm concerned nothing that we have in this world can do anything like that <laughs> yeah so, because i mean the picture that comes to mind when you say the laser pointer going crazy like over a wall or something that's that's really erratic movement it it was it was just and it because it started off slow but then it just went just mad into the sky and i just thought what it 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 was a bright light just doing that. And I just thought, nothing. I've never seen anything do that before. And um, like I said, that's the best way I can describe it was a laser pointer. And, um, I mean, these days, you know, we've all got our iPhones and if we can record things. I really wish I could have recorded it because I really reckon it would have just blown people's minds with what this thing was doing. But, um yeah, and, um, I think that's the thing that makes me so angry now. Looking back, is I've actually just I've got no evidence. I've only just got these stories, but it's just ah, oh, just I really wish I could just go back and just grab a um, a camcorder or my phone and just record what this thing was. But because it, it, it really was something to look at, it was just I've never to this day seen anything like it. It was it was downright weird, but it was quite intriguing. Um, that's the best way I can describe it, really. So, did you ever tell your parents about the crop circle that you saw? Um, no, I told a few of my mates that night. We went fox shooting and rabbit shooting, and um, but no, I never told them about that. That was something I've kept close to my chest. Um, I think because yeah, because that one really. That left a lasting impact on me for quite a while. That really took me a while to get over. For a while, I wouldn't, when at night time, I would just go inside and I would not, I, I would never go fox shooting or rabbit shooting on my own. I'd always have my mates with me. And um, <laughs> because it was just, I, I think it was just more of the unknown. I didn't know what the hell that was. So, yeah, it, it yeah. Before any of these encounters happened, were you much of a believer or were you just kind of, you know, I've heard of these types of things and these things may happen, but I never thought it would happen to me? Well, I always kind of thought it'd be cool if something like that happened. <laughs> I always thought, <laughs> well, wouldn't that be awesome if it happened? But actually, when it did happen, I, no, I actually wanted to erase my memory because I just thought this is just, this is creepy. And 
I always thought some people think like some people who tell their stories. I thought, ah, oh, look, I reckon, you know, it might have not been like that, or ah, oh, they're probably just maybe just given a bit too much, or look, maybe they were drinking or something like that. But no, this night, that night in two thousand and five, I was stone cold sober. I was a twenty one year old, healthy young man who had, you know, I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't <laughs> do drugs. Um, this was just, this was an experience that, um, really to this day has left an impact on me. Um, the, um, I've always been, since that day, I've always been scared of the dark. It really always has still scared me. Um, you know, I've all, I really always do need someone with me. I don't blame Um, you, mate. I would be exactly the same because the, the imagination plays insane tricks on you when you're in the dark like that. And, after you've had an experience like that, it would just be going overdrive. Well, it did for a while. And um, like I said, the, 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 the incident with the mutilation happened two years later and I was sort of just over it by then. But, um, yeah, just that first experience was the one that really – I just I, – I wish I really could get someone to experience the feeling that I felt because um, – it, you know, it was a feeling of, you know, I think if anyone else has had that feeling, they'd know um, because it's a feeling you don't forget. But it's a, like I said, you could pay me thousands and thousands of dollars to experience that feeling again. I tell you to get stuffed. I'd jump, go to the moon. I don't care. <laughs> I, w- I never ever want to experience that ever again. Yeah, it's never it's again. really telling of your event that, you know, something something was was definitely out there and I know you've had years and years to think of it but what do you think was out there I my personal opinion from what I've my, what I've come to is I reckon something landed there that night I reckon something landed there that night my dog sensed it ran over to it it told it um well, I told my dog to bugger off and <laughs> jump back on the bike. And then I've come along and it's gone, right, now for you. And it's just given me a feeling of, right, go, get out, leave, just leave right now, which I did. And um, and like I said, the next morning, I think that just sold it for me. That just, that crop circle just, it, 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 it that, that was the selling point for me. That just, that brought it all home. That just click. It just like I said. I've all, like people think. Oh, how awesome it would be to find something like that. Let me tell you, it's not awesome at all. It is the most. It will test all your senses, and it will just make you. Well, it made me get sick <laughs> because it was just. A, it was the most terrifying feeling. Because, and afterwards, well, a few years later, I actually looked up. I've and listening to your show, I've you've talked about people who had missing time, but um, I can actually say there was no missing time with that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm actually relieved <laughs> because I remember leaving. I remember the clock in the, ha- the, the house that my parents live in. It's the first thing you look at when you leave because they've got two clocks um, and it was around 9 o'clock and I came back and it was 9.30. There was no missing time. That's good. So I actually am relieved about that because um, I, um, yeah, that's one thing I am relieved at. 
Yeah, because I mean that would absolutely top this experience that you've had. You'd you'd never go back to the farm. Yeah, I, no, I wouldn't. I'd um, yeah, I'd um, I, I think I'd lock myself in a room. It it just would it would be just truly terrifying. And you know, I still I, I pretty much see that paddock every day. I'm pretty much nearly down there nearly every day, and not a day goes by. Not every day I think about it, but yeah, nearly a fair few of the days I go down there and um. I, I just think, okay, I just retrace my steps and think, wow, that's where it happened. And, um, you know, there's no evidence to this day. There's just, there's, um, there's, um, no, there's, there's, there's no, um, there's no weird marks in the ground or anything that's left. It's just, it's just a memory now, but, um, I think that memory is, it's still very much alive. <laughs> Absolutely it is, mate. And I and I want to share you for coming on the show to to share it because one, that's that's a truly terrifying set of events that you've you've kind of been through there. And the the fact that you wanted to share it with us is absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'll go into um actually I have one more, but it's it's not my story. Um it's actually my dad's story. Um because he's a bit of a believer in what goes on. He was a um, shearer up around um, New South Wales for a few years. And um, he worked with some pretty tough blokes, like some pretty down-to-earth tough blokes. And one night, um, two of his um, mates were driving around near Hay, going to a shed in the middle of the night because, you know, you've got to do so much traveling as a shearer. And um, apparently they looked out one of their windows and they saw a red light out in the paddock. And it scared them so much because apparently it flew over them. And um, when they got to the um, shed they were supposed to be in and stay at, they were just, they were a complete mess. And my dad actually told me these two blokes were some of the toughest blokes he'd ever met. And they were just downright terrified. And um, I kind of, when he told me that story, I kind of thought, well, guys, I know how you feel. <laughs> um, and um, I I am grateful I don't live on the farm. I live about 15 minutes away from it. But back in 2018, I think it was, um, my mum and dad were coming back. Um, the nearest town is, um, I think, Warnable. They were coming back from Warnable, which is on in um, southwest Victoria and um, they went to just pull in the driveway where my dad swore and my mum swore that they saw a light up in the sky and it just beamed across the sky and I actually said to my mum I said was it like the one that we saw up on the hill that day and she said no it was brighter there were no erratic moves it just went in a straight line and um, well I'm all I could think of was when they told me that story, I think it was that happened to them on a Saturday night and I came to the farm on a Monday morning. I just was so grateful that I oh, thank God I don't live here anymore. <laughs> wow. So that happened after all of this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yep. That's that's spooky. It 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 sounds like it's this little weird pocket of activity going on there. Well, I, and you know, people other people I'm I don't want to name names, but around Southwest Victoria, there always has been this sort of this stigma of weird lights and things like that that go on. Um, people don't like to talk about it because you're just labelled a crazy or you're just labelled that you're, oh, yeah, you, 
you know, you're making stuff up. But there's just this sort of this, you know, it's just it's not talked about, but people just sort of just shut up and, um, you know, there's there's um, there's a few things that have gone on that no one really wants to acknowledge, but they have to admit there has been some weird stuff that has happened. Yeah, and the the question that comes to my mind is how much is going on that no one is actually seeing? Well, that's a <laughs> that's that that is a good point. <laughs> because like I, mean, I said, I. <laughs> these are these are only a handful of encounters that you've had and that you that your family's had and it makes me wonder how much else is going on in that area that isn't getting witnessed or or found. Well, I reckon a few things do get witnessed, but no one wants to come out and talk about it. It's just or people just shut off from it. And that's the reason I never really I've only ever told a few of my close friends about the about the incidents and um you know they kind of look at me like well but and i always say to them until you experience it you can be a critic all you want but until you experience it that's when things change yeah um yeah absolutely so that's all i'll leave (laughs) (laughs) well pat thanks for coming on the show mate it's been it's been great talking to you those encounters uh, are simply fascinating and it's great to get a little bit of insight into the country life to see, you know, a lot does go on out there and a lot of it doesn't get brought to light. Well, pretty much. <laughs> and, um, yeah, pretty much. And, I mean, th- that's what I love about your podcast. I mean, it's um, it's it's bringing all these stories to life. I mean, um, I've, 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 you know, you, you listen to them and I'm, I've always got – the hairs on my um, arm always stand up because I just think, wow, some people have got some amazing stories and, um, you know, it's just, it's creepy stuff. It's stuff you don't want to think about, but it's something you're just fascinated in. And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au Or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash Believe UFO Radio. Until next time, stay safe and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio.